With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the editors of the film Searching, Nick Johnson and Will Merrick. Hey, Dad. Hey, sweetheart. Where are you? Study group. Time to go all night. Oh, one more thing. I want to know about the final you took today. All right, everyone, I am being joined right now by the editors of the new film Searching, Nick Johnson and Will Merrick. Gentlemen, how are you today? Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. No, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about this really, really phenomenal film. I just got back from seeing it a second time this evening. My first time was when it originally premiered at Sundance earlier this year, where it won the Audience Award. And I knew, as soon as I saw it, I knew it was a a potential big hit, and I knew it was going to work very well with audiences. And part of the reason why I was so desperate to want to do an interview with anyone from this movie was to hopefully get a chance to promote it, because I do believe it's that good, and I want to help it find um, its audience out there. So thank you guys for you know taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, th- thank you. Yeah. I mean, we uh, I, we really appreciate it. And, you know, we appreciate you getting the word out because, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we've been we've been slaving away for two years. So it'd be a shame if no one no one came out to see it. <laughs> yeah, I want to definitely get to that a little bit in terms of like the time frame. But first, let me start off with a bit of background information on the two of you, Nick Johnson and Will Merrick. Where did you two go to school? Did you guys even go to film school? If so, like, how did you two meet each other? How did you guys get involved in film editing? And then finally, how did all that culminate in you two coming on board to this film searching? Yeah, um, this is Will. We both started editing pretty young, and um, we both, along with most of the crew of this movie, went to USC uh, for film school where we uh, met. We both met the director separately, but never met each other until we started working on this movie. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I went to film school at USC with uh, Anish, uh, and I actually graduated the same year as him, um, and he went off, basically Anish made this viral uh, ad for Google, which will cut, yeah. um, and he got a job uh, from Google uh, doing that. And so Anish moved off to New York, and I hadn't really uh, heard too much from him. And uh, he was off, kind of, you know, making Google commercials. And then uh, one day he called me up, totally out of the blue, and mentioned that he was gearing up to make his first feature. And uh, would I want to edit it with with Will? And then we shortly after that met up at a coffee bean about approximately equidistant from uh, <laughs> our respective apartments and uh, met each other for the first time, hit it off, and, uh, you know, a couple weeks later, we were editing together. Now, I have to ask, 
when you guys met together and Anish came to you with the idea for this movie, when he gave you guys that pitch, what was immediately going through your minds? I know for for me personally, I am a huge fan of Anish's. I have been since I met him in school. So anything he does, I know is going to be good. But I had an immediate first reaction inside, and I tried not to show it. But uh, I was like, ah, really? Does it have to be a screen movie? You know, like is this really what he's going to do for his first feature? Because I, I wasn't really familiar with the, you know with the concept or with unfriended at that point. Um, so it just seemed kind of like, how can that be exciting? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he called me for the first time to tell me about this project on Christmas Eve. And I, I was kind of the same way. I was like, I believe in you, man. I'll, I'll follow your vision. Uh, and I'm glad I did. But it's, it's, it's actually kind of nice that we both had that reaction because I think, you know, despite the fact that we had that reaction, we bought into it. Um, Anish is an incredible pitch man and he's so charismatic and he is really good at explaining his vision. And, um, you know, we believed in him. And I think that like, you know, you hear John Cho originally turned the role down. Um, initially everyone kind of has that first reaction. Um, but if you buy into it, if you go into it with an open mind, it, it obviously it, it works really, really well. Yeah, I mean, because my initial reaction when I first heard the idea was, oh, it's a, it's a gimmick experimental film, okay, <laughs> whatever. And I strapped myself in for it. And within the first couple of minutes of the movie, I'm saying to myself, well, shit. <laughs> this is maybe the best opening sequence I've seen in a movie since Up. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, this is pretty amazing. Uh, so that like kind of just brings me to the unique process of making a movie like this because you know i went to film school as well so i i totally understand you know when you meet your buddies and one guy is the dp one guy's the editor another guy's the writer and you all kind of <laughs> come together you make your projects and stuff and there's kind of almost like a formulaic way of how things get done with this this movie seems to be breaking a lot of rules and it seems to me at least that you know the idea of having a dp feels so different the idea of editing a film like this feels so different just the whole filmmaking process feels so different did you guys ever get any kind of a sense of what a niche was doing with the final product and like what was it like how did you guys feel as you were going through the process like what was it like getting footage in every day and looking at the things that a niche was giving you and saying to yourself like how am i going to make all these pieces fit <laughs> I think entering into a project this unusual, it actually really benefited us that we all had mostly met and knew each other, or at least came from like a similar sort of subculture there because we had a shorthand a lot of the time. And uh, also, uh, when, when it comes to, say, footage coming in, um, we began editing with a niche actually seven weeks before production started. Uh, wait, because now, we hold on, that, wait. So you, you got to explain that to me. Without any footage, what does that even look like? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we, we went down the script with Anish, and then uh, he sort of gave us the advice uh, that he said they say at Google, which is move fast and break things. And we uh, we began just uh, looking at the script and screenshotting software. Um, Anish would sort of take little pictures of himself that would be used as previs for where all the actors would be. So uh, long before production even began, we had a full-fledged feature-length animatic of, of the movie. And, ag wow. and actually, the night, the night before, or uh, maybe two nights before production, the very first day of production, we had the entire crew 
uh, and producers and everyone come in and watch uh, that full animatic, which was roughly around the exact same runtime as as the <laughs> current cut. Did you guys already have funding secured and everything was a green light to go? Or was this almost like a proof of concept screening, so to speak? This was after the green light, but we had made a proof of concept before this. Gotcha. Yeah. And and this was like, um, you know, you see this a lot. And I think Marvel actually does this sort of workflow where they do a full previs. And you see this a lot in, in uh, animation as well. But um, this was really a brilliant move on the producer's part because they knew – one, that for the actors to know what the hell they're doing, they got to be able to see what their, you know, digital version of their characters are doing on screen so that their their eye lines are, are right. And, you know, if the mouse moves from left to right, their eye needs to move from left to right. And it also, um, you know, saved, I'm sure, a ton of money uh, in reshoots because we were able to, in those seven weeks, iron out story problems and really make sure you know like there was an entire scene the very first scene in the movie not the montage but the the very the the first scene after the opening um didn't even exist the scene with the garbage exactly that scene did not exist there was a whole other scene and and i spent like a week the my very first my very first week cutting the movie making this thing that ultimately when we watched it we're like you know what this isn't working we need to totally rewrite the opening um so we were able to you know iron out all those story problems before they're going into production so that they were you know shooting stuff that that we were really confident was going to make the final the final uh product so how long would you say from the time that you guys said yes to a niche to the time when you finally completed your final edit in the software, which, by the way, which software did you guys use to edit this? So we used uh, basically the entire Creative Cloud suite. <laughs> we used everything <laughs> you could possibly imagine. Uh, we started in Premiere, um, and we started just by compiling super roughed out uh, screen caps and and everything, um, and and you know Anisha's face. And then uh, we put in the live action footage and then we uh, went to After Effects. And in After Effects, we replaced 100% of it with vector, uh, like Photoshop and Illustrator files. Um, so everything you see in the movie is animated, is, a, is fully 100% animated, which then took us about, you know, if, if editing took us about six months, then the actual animation of it. Uh, took us another six months. So it was about I'd a say, year. I'd say from saying yes until our final edit is, is closer to two years, though. Wow. Yeah. But one year of hard, long days. Yeah. 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 yeah wow. I mean, uh, I was thinking a lot about that while watching because I'm saying to myself, okay, I know they definitely did stuff on the computer themselves and they screen recorded what they were doing. All right. That's obvious. And then I'm saying to myself, well, okay, so then there were moments where the camera, if you want to call it that, zooms in okay like on the mouse or the cursor so that the audience's attention gets drawn to something at some point and i'm like thinking to myself do they actually have a camera (laughs) or or is this all like i'm I'm like i'm like really second guessing myself while i'm watching this movie of like how did they actually pull this off and then it leads me to then start wondering how much is a niche doing how much are the editors doing and the way you guys make it sound like it's a real fully collaborative process from beginning to end between the three of you guys yeah, so it was actually it, it was it was an incredible creative experience because what it was was uh, you know me, Will, and Niche 
uh, Sev, uh, the co-writer and producer, and Natalie, uh, the producer. And it was just the five of us in a room. And it was a truly collaborative experience. And I think, um, you know, what was so cool is that, first of all, nothing is in the final product is, is screen recorded. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. So 100% it's of fake. it. It's all a lie. <laughs> um, and, but because it took so long to do that, it took so long to push a cut, you know, three frames to the left, we had ample time to debate and discuss and, and and talk about you know the merits of pushing that that cut three frames to the left yeah. and and uh, so it truly was a collaborative experience editing and animating the movie. My mind is officially blown. <laughs> I, I walked in and is thinking that I knew how you guys made this movie. Turns out I have absolutely no idea, <laughs> and, and I and I guess that's why I'm here is to uncover that. So, gee, oh man, that I, you know I, I've seen a lot of movies in my lifetime, and I still have many more to see, obviously. But I love it when a movie can truly, truly surprise me or show me that there was still magic in filmmaking. So kudos to you guys, honestly. That that's that's so freaking great to hear. Oh, thank you, boy. Thank you. In terms of inspiration. Um, when cutting this film, did you guys look at anything for reference? Did Anish have any ideas for anything you guys should watch before you guys, you know, took on the project? Anything like that that served as an influence? Uh, as far as um, screen movies in particular, I know we took a look at um, Unfriended, of course. Um, good 17-minute short called uh, Noah from a while back that might have been the very first one to ever Yeah, they might have been the OG. And then, uh, and, and it's a really good short film yeah, as well. Yeah. And then there was, uh, there was a Modern Family episode pretty famously. We also uh, looked at the beginning of Nerve. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they did a pretty good job. But to be honest, like as we all, of those, all, all, all of those are fairly successful, but we none of them were exactly what we wanted to do. First of all, none of them cut, <laughs> which sounds like uh, an obvious sort of idea, but either it was like Unfriended where they were locked off in a wide, or it was like Modern Family or Noah where it's all real time and they're zooming in and out and the camera's dashing from place to place, basically following the mouse. And I think, um, you know, those were all great references to be like, this is what exists. But uh, we really wanted to dial it up and make it as cinematic as possible. And that that meant cutting and and, you know, using all the traditional cinematic techniques of shot, reverse shot, um, fades, you know, everything that you would do in a normal movie, uh, non-diegetic music. We wanted to bring that there uh, into, into the movie so that, you know, it it felt ultimately like people aren't just watching a, another screen movie. They're just watching a really good thriller that happens to take place on computer screens. And the movie certainly zips along. So those transitions that you're referring to when it jumps from, okay, we're now on David's computer watching his FaceTime to cutting to now we're watching him do a FaceTime uh, video call from his cell phone and having those moments to break up that it helps to give the film a sense of rhythm and a, a pace to it that keeps the audience engaged throughout. And I, I'm really curious to know because obviously you guys had this very, very well pre-visualized, as you said before. By the way, I really hope that's like a Blu-ray special feature someday or something. <laughs> if copyright clearance allows. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just curious to know, like was there any room for creativity with the editing because of how well plotted out everything was in advance? Quite a lot um, in different ways than you think. I mean, all of that upfront previs, uh, 
was creativity. That was when we were really making large, large brushstrokes with the story and the plot. It, it, it's, then, it's it's also an unusual thing that that first seven weeks, because as an editor, you're you're very rarely, if ever, coming to timeline literally nothing with you know <laughs> a totally blank page. There were no existing assets. Any assets that we were using, we had to create ourselves. So that was a challenge. You know, for instance, like there was a lot of stuff in the script um, where, you know, it might say like, then a cacophony of images flies by the screen. And and so then, you you know, you, you come to work that day uh, and you're cutting a scene that has that cacophony and you're like, okay, what exactly does a cacophony look like and how do you build a cacophony of images? <laughs> um, and so you just kind of set to like making a cacophony, you know? <laughs> this is probably, it probably is one of the most creative projects I could imagine editing. It just required such a higher level of, of planning to not dig ourselves into endless like weeks of, of, of pointless work. I mean, like, say we edited, I mean, for instance, if there's a FaceTime call, you see both actors most of the time, but we still sneak edits in there and, you know, choose our favorite takes and uh, things like that. And, and we get character through through mouse movements and little pauses like that. Um, it, it was just all in the small things. I think. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and, and all that said, uh, the script itself was when we got it was like talk about, you know, original screenplay. It was, <laughs> it was the most original screenplay I've ever read. It was this like scriptment. Um, that didn't look like a traditional, you know, it wasn't written in traditional screenplay format and it just read so fast and it was so engaging. And, um, yeah, so a lot of those transitions, uh, Seven and Nisha are just geniuses at, at, at plotting and, and storytelling. And they, I think it's really important to them that each event in a scene leads directly to the next thing that, you know, if, if David finds something that leads to his next obstacle. Um, and so, you know, when you watch the movie now, a lot of why it works and why it moves is be, is, is because of that. There are no like random parathetical or tangential scenes. No. Yeah. Everything has a purpose in the film for sure. And it helps mm -hmm. to drive along the story and it's an engrossing one because it's mystery. So it keeps everybody on their mm -hmm. toes and it's filled with twists and turns. I mean, watching it uh, earlier tonight, actually with an audience, people were gasping. People were, you know, really, really into what was happening on screen that, you know, that's just a credit to how engaging the movie is overall. And I mean, John Cho just sells the hell out of this thing. Yeah. He's amazing. He's yeah, great. He's, he's so fantastic. What's interesting about about that is because we had cut for seven weeks using Anish's voice, uh, and and Anish talks at approximately one point five times the speed of like normal human beings. Um, so so like you know we had been so used to you know talk about like temp music love. We were like we had temp dialogue love. And so when we get John's footage in, it was just so real and nuanced. And, 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 and at first we were like, what the hell is this? You know, like, like <laughs> it, it, and it, and it only then began to dawn on us that they, this is, this is real, like acting. This is like, you know, this is, uh, an incredible performance. And it was just like, an it was a real privilege, I think, to, to cut all that stuff in and, make decisions on a on a deeper character level and when you talk about making decisions uh, you two are a team 
are you both in the editing room at the same time? Do you guys take turns? Like, how do you two ultimately work together? Yeah, so we broke the film down into about 26 sections um, and just lettered them all so that we could each work in one section at, the, at a time without interfering with the other person's section, basically. Um, that's how we worked. And we later found out by pure coincidence, Pixar makes their movies the same way. So it was a nice little, I guess we chose the right workflow <laughs> moment. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and then in terms of like making you know, performance decisions, basically what we did was we would get footage every afternoon from our DIT and um, we'd watch through the footage together and we'd each have a pen and paper and we'd just talk, talk it through. And we'd, we'd watch every take and we'd, you know, uh, debate uh, and like rewatch certain takes. And essentially the goal was at the end of the night, we would come away with our own, you know, personal circle takes or, or the takes, the kind of a plan of action for each scene. So that when we went off and, and cut the scenes on our own, we had already kind of figured out a lot of at least the intention and the approach and kind of what we want to pay attention to in, in each performance. Now, how often would Anish check in on you guys? Uh, would you guys be sending him footage daily of stuff that you would stitch together? or? So when we were first cutting, he was on set the whole time. So he didn't uh, – we saw his circled takes through the script log, but we didn't get to talk to him until afterwards. Um, but then in the director's cut with him, we went back through everything with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah, yeah. he was there uh, – after he was on set, after production, he was there every day. Every single day, him, Sev, Natalie, and watching Game of Thrones and yeah, giving us notes. It, it, it was tough Hell because yeah. it true. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That was like that was a great period of uh, of editing. But um, it, it, our our average days were fourteen hours, you know, nine to eleven, and um, they were there like pretty much the whole time because it just took so long for us to make any edits. Um, so it, yeah, it was, it was really nice just having them around. Um, and, and of course on all the, you know, important editing decisions, they were there. I was going to say, it's almost like having like, you know, your good friends there for moral support and you're kind of just hanging out, making a movie together at the end of the day. Exactly. exactly. It actually sounds like the best job on earth. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really, it really was great. It was exhausting, but it, it was fun. It was like making a movie with your friends when you're a kid, you know, it was just a bunch of people in a room. And the fact that that film is playing somewhere in a theater where a bunch of people are now seeing your work on screen, that's got to be very gratifying. As we speak, yeah, insane. <laughs> it's coming out right now. Yeah, it's totally, <laughs> totally insane uh, to us beyond our our wildest imagination and hopes for this. Um, <laughs> we were hoping it would get like, you know, a limited release somewhere in some theaters. <laughs> ah, it's so. going wide next week, man. It is. <laughs> it's going <Yeah>. wide. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was the, for each of you, hardest scene to edit? And what was the most fun scene to edit? <laughs> so for me personally, a lot of the stuff was tough. I think the, the hardest scene was probably, I have to speak in semi, maybe spoiler free uh, terms, I guess. But um, there's a scene that takes place on like a security cam uh, application. Yes. And um, it's there are three feeds that you're balancing. And because of the way they shot it, occasionally there were only two feeds that were synced. So you kind of had to fake a third. Um, and you're seeing a lot of different angles all at once. So you had a lot of balls to juggle. And there are just so many options because you have the meta camera 
and then you you know you can cut between each angle as well. I was gonna say, and I'm sure Anish directed the scene almost like you know he probably told the actors to just do it all in one in one shot and just let the cameras roll. I would imagine. Yeah, so I mean, it is kind of like a play, like he staged it all. Uh, there there is kind of a transition in that scene that required them to do it in a couple parts. Um, which was also difficult to stitch it together. But um, just in terms of pure logistics uh, and also in terms of performance, because it's a really heavy emotional scene, you know, that it was just a perfect storm. It was really a a tough one. I'd say, what's what's your most fun? Oh, my my favorite one? (laughs) Um, Probably the news montage. There's a montage of all these, you know, social media and all these. Hashtag find Margo. Exactly. And that was probably that was probably the most fun because you could really have a lot of fun with it and, and sneak a little, you know, social commentary in there as well, which was which was enjoyable. Maybe the hardest and I think probably the actual hardest is one that I, I literally can't speak about without uh, <laughs> spoiling the entire movie. But uh, it uh, takes place in a third act, I imagine. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> one of the hardest and most fun uh, for me was definitely that opening sequence, though, because uh, it's it's so emotional. And we would show it to people who came into the office mm. and they'd start tearing up. But it also uh, required all this really deep sort of research using like Wayback Machine and Google Images to different eras of the internet. Um, and we would kind of track this timeline of how old Margot is at this given time. Like when was this like messenger in use or, or what no, operating really system would they be using? The final result isn't 1000% accurate, but uh, <laughs> but it's as good as we could get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely noticed that the film, it's very interesting how it starts off with AOL dial in yes. and we get a microsoft back windows background and then it's like later on we transition to apple and it, yeah, yeah. It, it's all pretty seamless and as as an internet kid you know who grew up through the stages of the internet it's like ah oh, okay, <laughs> i can totally see where the passage of time is happening here all right this is all making a lot of Those sense cheap emotional blows <laughs> what's, there was- this? what's this tears are flowing down my face we're only two minutes in what <laughs> I swear, I've seen this movie twice. I've cried both times. It's 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 nuts. We had to bring that down from about almost ten minutes long, actually, from the script cut. Uh, there was scenes with uh, a lot more nostalgia, like they installed Windows Vista, and then the next shot was them uninstalling Windows Vista. Um, <laughs> but it just didn't drive the story for it, so we had to cut it. But sometimes I still miss those those yeah. things. We definitely had to kill a lot of babies in that one in particular because there's just so much nostalgia you can pack in there that we all you know loved but at the end of the day it was about trying to stay focused on the on the story of the kim family through the decade and i was gonna say you know even despite the you know because there are moments of humor in the film there are moments where david doesn't really understand the scope of the technology that is used by his daughter and her (laughs) friends i mean that moment where he's like this thing called venmo (laughs) he's just like so perplexed by it It, it, it's totally great but at the heart of the story is really it's really trying to showcase how far our parents will go for their children and i think that that even as someone that's not a parent um that is something that i can totally relate to as i think about my own parents and the relationship that they have with me and many many others out there on a more humane level so as storytellers what for you, like, what, what do you constantly tell yourselves to remind yourselves while you're in that editing room? And I know it can be grinding. I know it's long hours. I mean, I, I've had practice editing myself. I get it. 
what do you constantly tell yourself to stay on point with the story and making sure that you don't ever lose focus? Because let's face it, there are some movies out there where in the editing, the story does lose focus. Man, amazing question. I, I think I think um, I always I always try to remember the first time I read the script and, you know, at the points where I felt emotional. And I know that when I read the script, I got so many chills at certain parts and I was really emotional by the end. And so I think it's important because you do start to become numb and you don't feel those emotions as as well. Um, so I think it's always important to remind yourself. And then also that said, I think like it, it helps to have to, to edit with four other people because we all kind of kept each other. We all kept each other enthusiastic about it and we all reminded each other that, no, this is really, you know, this is great. This is going to be impactful. And even of um, specific beats, we, yeah. one of us might forget that something is a beat and the other one would be there to say, hey, wait, well, this is being totally steamrolled over. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and I think Anisha's enthusiasm um, is just totally infectious. And there were definitely times when I was like, I don't know if this is working or like, I wasn't so sure. And he's like, no, you know what? Like it needs work, but this is going to be amazing. Like, trust me, this is going to be great. And I think we just put a lot of trust in each other's story instincts, um, to kind of carry us through. Well, the proof is in the pudding, gentlemen. It paid off, and people are definitely reacting with enthusiasm to this film. I mean, I don't know how often you guys go on to the, the Twitter blog or anything like that and uh, check out and see what the world is saying via hashtags, but yeah, reaction to this film is definitely very, very strong, and it's well-learned. So with that said, final question for the two of you, what's next? <laughs> I mean, where do you go from after a project like this? It's going to take so long to get back back here uh, yeah. doing a podcast interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also yeah. it's also like, you know, nothing that we do is is ever going to be quite like this. I mean, this was a totally once in a lifetime opportunity and just creative experience. Um, so, you know, after this, I think we're both ready to go back to more traditional storytelling, I guess, um, or traditional in the sense that like, you know, it's not going to be on screens necessarily. <laughs> um, we, we have a few, uh, editing projects that I, I'm not sure how much we can talk about, but I think one thing we definitely know is we want to keep working together as, as a team, um, both me and Will, and also as, you know, part of, uh, the team of Sev, Anisha, Natalie. Yeah. Well, I, re I really hope to see what you guys put out next because uh, I have to say this is very, very impressive work. And as storytellers, I think you all are absolutely on point. Like you said before, you each keep each other in check. And I, I think that really has come across today in talking with you guys that it was a very, very collaborative effort and you all got there to the finish line together through moral support and talent. <laughs> so really, really looking forward to that next project, if indeed it does happen. So, Oh, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, well, that, that that's great to hear then. Absolutely. All right, well, uh, gents, thank you so much. Uh, Nick Johnson, Will Merrick, it's been wonderful chatting with both of you about searching. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to you. All right, thank you so much. Thanks so been, much, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, you have a great evening. You too. You too. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the editors of the film Searching, Nick Johnson and Will Merrick. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. And also, if you want some exclusive podcast content, 
be sure to subscribe to our Patreon channel for $1 minimum a month. And also, be sure to check out the film Searching, which is expanding into wide release on August 31st from Screen Gems and Sony Pictures. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.